Hey everyone, this is George Soto and you're watching Startups Unedited. Actually, broadcasting from Palo Alto today, I'm super excited to be joined by Paul Berry, who is founder and CEO at Rebel Mouse based in New York City, which I know Paul folks are calling Silicon Alley these days. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. It's a beautiful, humid summer, New York, tropical day. So it's great awesome. to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, why don't you take a quick second to sort of tell the audience a little bit about your background. You've done some amazing things, including being CTO at Huffington Post, which now is part of AOL. You've done a, an incredible sort of just a variety of things. Why don't we just tell folks a little bit about your background and, and what are you up to these days? Yeah. So, you know, since this is around founders and entrepreneurs, it did start with my dad. He, he founded Palo Alto Software. I started writing code when I was 10. Um, I actually, you know, used to put the labels on the discs for him back, the floppy disks, and get the tech support and eventually built the internet uh, uh, business for his software company. And um, I, we had a couple viral moments that changed the business completely. And that's what I got hooked on. You know, someone told me that the first thing you do is what you will always do. And it's kind of an interesting one for, I think, everyone to think about. For me, it really was that moment of having, having created something that went viral. And that, then I met Jonah Peretti, who's founder and CEO of BuzzFeed. Um, in 2002, I also met Ken Lair, who's the real founder of Huffington Post, around that time. And we worked on crazy projects at Dog Island. And he, Jonah had done the rejection hotline and blackpeoplelovus.com. And... <laughs> It didn't, really, uh, it didn't really make sense as a business. We were weirdos. But it was that joy of chasing these viral things, how and why things spread. So um, I, uh, I did help uh, Avaz, which is a, a nonprofit I'm extremely proud of. They have 40 million plus active members. I built their, I was their founding CTO, built their platform. And then Huffington Post, I joined a few months in. Um, it, I ran product design and engineering uh, until a year after we sold to AOL. And now Rebel Mouse, we're about four and a half years in. Absolutely. And, and as we were discussing earlier, you know, I really believe you're building what the future of media is, which is really, in my mind, this sort of web of distributed content, distributed systems, you know, the integrations. What, what's your opinion on the future? And maybe not even just, you know, the future alone, but like today, what's the present day state of media consumption? And, and where do you think it's going to be in, in, let's say, five years? Yeah, I think it's great that you changed it from let's talk about the future to what's now because yes. what's happening to everyone in media is, oh my God, the future happened to us. Mm. And it happened yesterday, not today and not tomorrow, it happened. Um, and I think the latest algo tweet from Facebook is exaggerating that, that this, this feeling of, oh my God, what is this new world that we live in? Mm -hmm. um, especially when you look at how well native video continues to perform on Facebook. What people have to realize fully in media is it's not about some conspiracy theory in the plot of Zuckerberg. <laughs> That's not the right way to look at it. It's that human behavior has changed dramatically quickly in a very short time. You know, uh, my 10 year old says, oh yeah, dad, but you're from the 1900s. <laughs> and it's like, okay, 
people don't want to go to websites very much anymore and it's and it's it's so what is the role of a website what is the role of email how do you diversify out of facebook but how do you also avoid just not playing the game and the answer is really to go where they are and it, it's it's now media companies have to learn how to live in all these different native environments and it's a totally different architecture. It's very, very different strategy. A lot of media companies are waking up and realizing they have exactly the wrong ratio of editors to video producers and their writers. And a new, um, a new ultra viral format has emerged, which is readable video. Um, and now how do you, how, so the one constant we're going to see when you look across five years is an acceleration of change. There's nothing that indicates we've reached somewhere that's gonna hold. What we've seen is that that process of, you know, I went to Alaska on vacation, I came back and everyone's catching Pokemon. <laughs> I know, and I don't get that, by the way. I, I think it's, it's a phenomenon, I gotta learn it, so. <laughs> and it, it's one that it used to take a few weeks or a month before something to become a phenomenon that you hear in the elevator in the deli and da da so. Um, there's a fantastic book called, I think, Superintelligence, and it I, I believe that the explosion of the economy we're seeing is not possible, actually, without the fluid exchange of ideas that are possible because of how, you know, in a way, Google's a very primitive way to connect us to information. So here's this new world, and there's a, an incredibly, the, 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 there are enormous opportunities. A, a property that we are very proud to power called the Dodo made it to the fifth biggest publisher on Facebook last month. It's like a couple years old, that company. So it's, this is a time of drastic change. I want to be sincere about it. It hurts. There's a lot of people for whom this is going to hurt, and it does hurt. It's not all bad, though, and there's a lot of opportunity created from the people who engage and understand what you obviously do is that it's about distributed publishing. It's about being everywhere. Yeah. Let's transition into what it's like uh, to be a CEO of a startup, you know, and, and just for a quick second, like, what is that experience really like? I, I, you know, the media sort of glamorizes it, I think, a bunch. You know, we had the Facebook movie, and I think Bravo tried a, a, a series, and then Silicon Valley, which, which is surprisingly and sadly accurate sometimes. But what is the reality of being that founder, that CEO, when you, you're taking this idea, trying to build a business from zero, and that whole experience? Tell us a little yeah. bit about what that feels like. Well, it's a little bit like being a heroin addict, I guess, though I haven't been. The highs are very high, and the lows happen very fast, or <laughs> just as bad as low at the highs. And so I think that for, you know, I, I don't, I think that the war metaphors that people use are appropriate because of that feeling that you end up having of action suddenly, both positive and negative that can happen, which I hear soldiers describe of that downtime moment, mm. that how little you can trust the downtime moment and then how adrenaline packed <laughs> the action is. Um, you know, it is definitely not for the faint of heart. Mm. It's, it requires real staying power. It's, um, it's definitely very hard. There's a lot, it's so much more complex. In a way, it's not, I, I knew it was gonna be hard. 
but the things that I didn't realize, how complex, how nuanced things were. I, I'm a technical founder. So, but I'm someone who always prided, prided myself in being a manager. I felt like, I, I felt that people. I, that was what I'm really good at. And yeah. that's why, and that's my value in the world is understanding tech and understanding people. Um, I guess it was three years in, about a year or a year and a half ago, where I starkly had to realize that just because I imagine it's our culture doesn't mean it is our culture. Mm. And, um, and so there's, there's a tremendous uh, amount of work um, that, that is very tempting also as a technical founder. <laughs> One of the things you learn in tech pretty quickly is that, you know, engineering's are, engineers are weird, right? So I was, I am, I pride myself in, but um, one of the things that was harder for me is that I, I tend to like people so much. Yeah, I, I get it completely. And by the way, I'm a non-technical co-founder or founder, so I've been completely miserable for 15 years. That's why I was joking around with you earlier, because I can't actually build anything, right? Like I can't build it. I can take well, the idea, you know? Being able to get hands-on is great, but at a certain point, you need scale. Mm -hmm. I, I, made a, I made a mistake that I think a lot of people do, which is you tend to, you tend to like people so much mm -hmm. that you trust them and you see their faults. So I had some managers, in the key managers in the company that really were not the culture that I wanted. They really didn't treat others with the type of respect that I wanted. And, but I overlooked it, I, not, not that I didn't see it, but I asked everybody else to deal with it. Like, yeah, I know that salesperson is a sociopath, <laughs> but just let's deal with it. And she's the top performer, so let's go ahead and uh, let, let her manage people. And, and I had, it, it, it took significant, like realizing a lot of, how important it is to have people who can represent you in the way that you would be proud of. And that it's very different, that role of CEO, than building a team that, of, of people underneath at a department level. That, that, but that's one of infinite amount of <laughs> hard lessons that I found. So, Well, you know, I think what, when you say these things, they really, really hit home because I think that leadership and being a founder of an organization and, and when you're in that leadership position, you really have to care about the team. You know, I, I've spoken to countless venture investors and, and founders and CEOs. And when we start talking about the real stuff, no one's like, well, you know, we built this really great feature, right? It, it was more like, man, you know, we had a great team or, or we were able to overcome these, 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 these obstacles. You know, you, we cried together and we were able to get over it. You know, those are those moments. I was chatting with a buddy of mine who runs a CR uh, startup in, in in Little uh, Park, and uh, and he says, you know what? I have to go on founder dates. Like like the founders, we go on dates once a month. His wife's not too happy about it, but uh, you know they still have to do that because that relationship, the human component, is so important. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, Paul, if, if folks want to reach you on social media or, or listen to your, yeah. your, your you know, content or read your content, what's the best sort of handles to reach you? So I'm very proud of what we do in terms of industry knowledge on our Facebook page at Rebel Mouse and Twitter. Um, my personal Twitter account is, is Team Reboot, at Team Reboot. 
Um, and I think those are the two best ways to sort of follow. Um, if anybody does want to reach out, I, I, you know, on email, it's paul at rebelmouse.com. And I, I'm happy to, you know, help answer questions. Or uh, And I have to just give folks a, uh, a heads up. Rebel Mouse is absolutely building what I'd like to call the infrastructure that's powering the, the current state of media and absolutely the future. I've had all these ideas of like, how do you start to integrate 360 and VR and all this stuff, which, you know, maybe I'll, I'll bug you sometimes with an email. Well, have a great day. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I just want to give a, a silent shout out to the atrocity in, in, uh, you know, in, in Nice, uh, anyways, which was terrible. Uh, yesterday so just uh, my hearts and thoughts and I know you share the same sentiment to those folks uh, so anyways have a great day Paul and uh, well keep Thank in touch. you cool